Hey there again. You've guessed it. This is Little Miss Nobody and welcome to episode two of Little Miss Nobody Knows. Now, we've sent feelers out on our first episode slash the intro and premiere to Little Miss Nobody Knows and it's only been a few hours so we haven't gotten quite that many responses yet so we'll let them collect people have their schedules and things like that and so the next part of this uh is going to be a bit of a series and let me just go into uh this series with why uh this is such a um such a curious thing for me as i shared really briefly in episode one i am previously divorced yes previously divorced um And I've had, uh, even though I am a born-again Christian, I had a life before I became a Christian. And uh, sex applies to the whole life of a person. Uh, That is, if you um, desire sex. And I am a sexual being. I believe God created us all as sexual beings. But the topic of discussion uh, of oral sex was discussed and was, uh, you know, quite naturally brought up during my marriage. And during uh, several of my very serious relationships that I've had in the past, before and after I got married. And I never got to ask this question. I was talking to a friend of mine and I spoke with my sister about it too, about how men feel about oral sex. And I use the point of, I use myself as a point of reference because of course I'm the most accurate uh, person that could uh, appropriate and accurate and appropriate person that I can apply my little two cents to where the subject matter is concerned. Um, when and I shared with her that when I was in my marriage and when I was in those serious relationships, and, and my partners at the time and my ex-spouse at the time, when they wanted to perform um, on me, the manner in which they did it communicated to me that they loved me. Uh, I had one that refused and much later on down the line in our relationship because it was on and off, he was all of a sudden kind of out of nowhere amenable to the idea and the act. Uh, Let's see. Again, as I was saying that they communicated to me that they love me. Now, it brought up uh, the... Another reference point, uh, do you guys remember the movie, is it two, I think it's two can play that game with Morris Chestnut, uh, I think Gabrielle Union, no, I'm sorry, Morris Chestnut and Vivica A. Fox. Uh, the character, D.L. Hughley, uh, I think Tam, Tamala Hall played uh, a married couple, and forgive me, Miss Hall, if I am mispronouncing your name, but they played a married couple that was having marital problems. And the marital problems were surrounded by the happenings in the bedroom. They seemed to have had a pretty much normal life, but this was the focal point in nearly every episode. And we saw their marriage blow up. But again, the, the topic and the problem was oral sex. She had a problem. She had these uh, blockings, that these emotional blocker, blockers that were on the inside uh, uh, deep, deep, deep side of her, of her psyche that came from childhood. And she mentioned some things like, you know, her mom told her that good girls don't do those things. And <clears throat> excuse me. And it triggered something in me. I was also reared with the same belief system. Um, 
furthermore, my point of reference uh, before adulthood, and maybe this is generational, excuse me, <coughs> I have to clear my throat, sorry. My point of reference uh, to sex and a healthy sex, excuse me, a healthy sexual relationship, uh, my point of reference was actually nothing. Uh, actually, it was the antithesis to healthy sexual relationship. Uh, what I'm sharing, or what I'm trying to say is, my point of reference and, and how I saw sex growing up was I actually caught uh, porn videos that my parents left in the VCR. Uh, I am in my mid 40s, mid late 40s, and my generation, we weren't raised to talk about sex. We weren't raised to inquire about sex. And maybe this is something that uh, pertains to us females, but our parents didn't talk to us about sex. Now, boys may have gotten it, but my mother and father never talked to me about sex. You know, we heard things like, oh, you better sit your fast tail self down somewhere or you bring your little boyfriend over here so we can talk. And, you know, I grew up in the household with one other sister. And so how our parents reared us where boyfriends and the opposite sex were concerned were completely different. And I came to find out that it was based on our personality types, of course. My sister, they could trust her uh, from my viewpoint to the extent of boys could come in her room. Boys would spend the night in her room. They didn't know that part. But uh, after the fact, I think it's pretty safe to discuss. But... For me, I, I have the room upstairs. <laughs> uh, only, and I only got the room downstairs when my sister moved out and went on to college. So again, my point of reference were healthy sexual relationships, and how, furthermore, to interact with the opposite sex romantically concerned, there was none. There was absolutely none. Uh, and I, and the experience that I did get. I stumbled upon because, you know, high school sweethearts, boys I had crushes on, you know, boyfriends later on in life. I had to stumble upon what a healthy sexual relationship was and what a healthy, uh, deeper intimate relation, sexual relationship was. And, and, I, and this is where I file oral sex. And as I began to say a bit earlier, uh, the way that my pre- previous sexual partners are concerned when they perform oral sex on me they communicated to me that they loved me they took great most the ones that I'm highlighting they took great care over how they performed I felt it when they held me I saw it when I looked into their eyes you know just our interactions where there was concern uh, communicated that very very loud and clear my sister's two cents <laughs> um, shares more so that eh, they're all like they were all like that well, I'm just, I'm telling you guys, there was just no way that this could not have been because again, they loved it. And again, referencing the movie where Deal Hughley and his wife were having marital troubles and she's saying to them, listen, we were told at my, my mother told me when I was young, good girls didn't do that. So I didn't learn. And, and, And back to me, I did not learn growing up. I had to stumble upon it and grow up and even had problems in my previous marriage where performing oral sex was concerned. I thought it was, and then being a newborn again Christian at the time, this is over uh, 15 years ago when I was married, uh, being a new, still a very newborn again Christian at the time, I didn't realize that 
this having a problem in performing oral sex would have been such a problem uh, in that marriage. But my ex-husband's experience with oral sex at the time and with sex, his viewpoints were slightly skewed as well. He was misogynistic. He grew up in a very patriarchal household, very dogmatic and legalistic because his parents were preachers and pastors. Um, His father was extremely, extremely dogmatic and legalistic with even the teachings of the Bible and forget about sex. You know, his, his wife, she had no real voice, you know, in order to shut him up and to show him, quote unquote, that she was an obedient wife. She would just, she just resigned to just responding to him. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. No, dear. Yes, dear. And for him, that shut him up for, for uh, all intents and purposes. And he was not the, and you know, he was not the type of man that you can easily shut up because any, any opinion that you offered, any point of view that you possessed, he immediately and automatically he 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 considered that to be a point of contention he considered it disrespectful to the quote-unquote anointing over his life he considered it disrespectful to his and a personal affront to him as a man as the pastor as the head of the house I couldn't even call him dad I had to address him as reverend doctor so again just giving you a bit of a background on how my ex-husband grew up and how skewed that made his particular viewpoints on sex are concerned. Now, however, uh, let me give it some balance. He was a mama's boy, like he adored his mom, but he sought to please his father and seek for his father's approval um, in many, many things because to, to his father, not many things were good enough. So... You know, whenever he could bring a trophy, so to speak, home to his father so that his father would approve, you know, life was better for him. And where his mother was concerned, she had a very, very gentle character, very, very gentle heart. I loved her dearly, and I believe she loved me too, even though our marriage was very brief. Um, And so there were some tender um, character traits that I believe he got from her, and love and the area of love pure love and being fully accepted. Uh, I believe she got that from, I believe, I'm sorry, that my ex-husband got that from her, his mother, um, who is uh, currently deceased. She's deceased now. I believe he got those uh, very tender, genuine traits from her. And so during our marriage, I saw those character traits um, and wanting to please me I also saw those, of course, in our bedroom. Now, with him being patriarchal, with him being uh, oh, slightly patriarchal, I won't make him 100% that. That'll give him the benefit of the doubt and room for the growth that we all need as humans to be, you know, given to us. Um, he was slightly patriarchal. He was slightly misogynistic. Um, and he, But he did think that it was his right to receive oral sex. Enter one of the biggest problems in my previous marriage and the catalyst that um, eventually caused us to divorce. He began seeking oral sex from outside sources. Now, I believe that, especially in hindsight and my willingness, knowing my willingness back then to get help on this, I believe that had he been open to marital counseling, had he been open to uh, sexual therapy, um, 
where the counselor was a professional who was not his father. Um, And that point is very important because as a pastor myself and having gotten counsel from particular pastors, uh, you do have to be very careful on uh, the resource that you obtain when you're trying to get a particular task accomplished. When you're attempting to get sex therapy from a pastor, you have to take into consideration that their worldviews, that their views on everything are, are, are given and delivered through a religious and or biblical lens, view, pipeline, avenue, you know, pick, pick a word, uh, pick a descriptor there. Um, and likewise, I have a biblical worldview. I, I, I do see the world through a biblical lens. Um, however, the Bible obtains, I'm sorry, the Bible pertains to the world. It pertains to everything in the world. And even in the Bible, there's a book that it gives in very beautifully expressed, explicit descriptors that refer to oral sex or that deep intimacy between a man and a woman, husband and wife. Uh, it's called the Song of Solomon. And if you have a few more seconds, a few more minutes out of your day, sit down and read through the Song of Solomon. It's very deep and you have to have a very creative imagination and discernment to be able to really grasp what is being discussed here. But that also goes back to something that I said that I say from time to time, and that is, God is a, the best rapper. God has bars <laughs> because his the word is written so poetically. You know, you had to understand that you know God is a rapper, <laughs> uh, and I won't go into that much after that. But again, so having trouble, a uh, previous trouble in my bedroom, I wished uh, that my ex husband would have been willing to go to. Uh, sex therapy with me and I wish that we weren't so bound by a very very um, tight frame of well you can only do this in your bedroom you can only do that in your bedroom and everything else is taboo and again we were coming from very broken places where our understandings uh, were where sex um, and, uh, and marriage and love are concerned we had no problems anywhere else but when we did have problems with the discussion and, you know, when I would share with him, this is how I grew up. I'm willing to try certain things, uh, but you have to understand where I'm coming from and where this comes from. I, I didn't later understand that this was, it was almost a brainwashing um, of sorts. Uh, well, eh, in my parents and in my, my childhood uh, churches, um in their particular, I guess, goal to teach us the word of God. They didn't teach us anything. But again, gosh, they didn't teach us anything about the marriage bedroom and, and holiness. But then again, I was also reared in a reared in a Baptist church. Baptists, they're very, very... Um, I've heard someone say that ba- the Baptists... The denomination is very loose. They don't have a lot of boundaries, which is why a lot of crazy things go on in the Baptist church. But my biological father, their side of the family, were Pentecostal, where the Holy Spirit and the fire of God and, you know, uh, very, very, not dogmatic, but very sobering. There was a sober means by, by the word of God being taught. 
there's a very sober way that the word of God was taught. Uh, gosh, I'm receiving a knock on the door. Thank you so much, ma'am. You too. Okay, guys, y'all just heard it. <laughs> just got interrupted by a delivery person. So thank God for that. At any rate, um, uh, they were very, they were sober minded in the Pentecostal church. Uh, but it was all subject to the Holy Spirit. And so uh, if you brought up things uh, at the time, or if there were things and topics of discussion that came across the pulpit that were uh, pertinent, it certainly wasn't going to be sex, intimacy, or oral sex, especially if you were not an adult, because then you could be accused of operating in the spirit of whoredoms, the spirit of lasciviousness, um, you know, just anything that was outside of quote-unquote holiness. And as a child, of course, as a child, of course, there there was no way to be quote-unquote holy if you were not married. So they, there was no way to discuss sex uh, in the Pentecostal church that, that my parent, my, my biological father's side grew up in. Um, and of course, again, remember at the time, during those times, sex was not discussed in the presence of children. And I have to mention here that on an, uh, that I am a fan of um, Kev on Stage, the uh, social media uh, star, uh, and his wife, Miss Kev on Stage, who currently has a show on Facebook Watch. Um, they have a show uh, called The Love Hour that I caught many, many months ago. And they did discuss... Uh, very early in her love hour, uh, in the earlier episodes of her show, discussing how they too, and they are maybe five, six years younger than I am. Uh, they did discuss also how they were raised uh, and how uh, they were not taught anything about sex. Kev was a very a youth pastor, and I believe that his wife, Melissa, uh, was a virgin uh, when they got together. They have been together since they were young teens. And so uh, their uh, viewpoints on sex were also slightly skewed um, because of their, but skewed in a good way because they did it quote unquote the right way. Now, whether or not they waited until after they were married to, no, I think they talked about that too. Uh, I'm, I'm correcting myself as in while in motion, I'm correcting myself. I believe that they, I believe that, uh, they have discussed already also that they were, uh, married before they had sex. Now, Kev, Kev did his thing. He shared that, uh, very openly, uh, candidly and comedically love him for that. Um, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, they discussed how their views were slightly skewed also because again, the teachings, the teachings that we received. Uh, but because I am a woman and because we're women, many things uh, where sex is concerned are, they're catered towards us and our care because of the, uh, because of rape culture and how it often, you know, sexual assault and the things that uh, can happen to us if we're not properly protected or if we're in the company or have, you know, found ourselves accosted by someone or if we're, in, if we're or if we are in the company of someone who is a sexual deviant. Um, 
rape happens. What is what is the statistic? The statistic is uh, one in four women have been raped. Uh, I think it's changed to somewhere between one and two women or one in three women have uh, survived or experienced rape and or sexual assault. Um, I will have to go back and uh, reference that again with accuracy at a later date. But um, I'm sharing that to say this again, skewing the skewing of the viewpoints where healthy oral sex are concerned. Uh, they're, they're skewed also by my lens as a woman and how the world views me as a woman where oral sex is concerned. Women are receivers. We receive, uh, where we give, um, well, anatomically, biologically, how the body is structured. I mean, we're receivers. We're made with a vaginal opening, the orifice, uh, men, they are givers, um, you know, the phallic symbol <laughs> in referencing to the male uh, member, reproductive member. Uh, but with them being receivers, uh, but I'm sorry, with, with them being uh, givers, how do they view healthy, balanced oral sex? What does it mean to them? Uh, I am a daddy's girl. Let me confess that now uh, to the audience. Um my my father, the man who raised me, that is, and you'll later learn that I have two fathers, my birth father, my biological father, uh, but the man who raised me was an awesome dad, daddy's girl, uh, but, and that nurturing and being protected by um, my, 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 my daddy um, caused me to have a certain viewpoint where men are concerned to where... I, because I'm a nurturer, I'm often concerned and being in my previous marriage and being in those previous relationships where they cared for me uh, and the Lord literally, because he's preparing me again for remarriage after 16 years, (laughs) he's, he's beginning to cause me to understand why it is important to understand how men view oral sex and what it really means to them. Uh, 22 minutes in and <laughs> getting to the point. Um, because if you don't view it properly, therein lies an opening and an avenue to lose your husband, to lose that intimate connection, to uh, not be able to reach him emotionally. Uh, there is an area where he may not feel honored. There's an area, an opening, uh, meaning to say when I when I say area, there's there's opportunity here, just for so many um, holes to be in the bag, if you will, of your marriage and your relationship. And so, this is why discovering and getting some men to honestly share what it means to them, how it affects their psyche, how it affects their self worth. You know, and and this is a direct, a direct correlation uh, to their manhood, uh, pun intended, because so many men literally view themselves through being able to and their potency, and you know they they, they associate that with their um, their uh, ability, their 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 uh, ability to perform. Whether it's on the workplace, 
you know, in their particular uh, business field, whether they're a captain of industry or yeah, a regular guy on the street corner um, or, you know, whoever they are, they, it's a direct correlation to their ability to perform and to perform well, or like a man. Um, now where, what is manhood? We will try not to get into that, whether our male listeners and where my audience and the people that I've gauged, um, for input, whether they'll admit it or not, uh, and whether we'll get into that, that remains to be seen. But again, I'm just, um, it was just important for me to narrow it down and to explain why this is so important. Now, where this applies to a larger, uh, a larger audience or in the grander or more grand scheme of things is this. Okay. Yes. The world is in a still very much, uh, in a pandemic, many marriages and many marriages throughout this pandemic have suffered. They've suffered. Uh, couples have had to spend time with each other in ways that they've never had to expend before. They've had, they've been forced, if you will, and literally uh, to spend time together, to remain in, you know, their households together. They've been forced to get to know their spouses almost all over again in many, many cases. And many have found that they don't like their spouses. And so if so many have found that they don't like their spouses, you got to know the sex is going out the window. And some may have been saying, hey, you know, like be doggone, we're going to get this sex off. Hey, we're going to do this thing because, hey, I got needs, you got needs. But so many marriages have suffered divorce. And so where does the married and quarantining couple go when they're suffering in their relationship uh, the sex may or may not be there and I venture to say not just the man but the woman the wife suffers too but again for the purpose of staying on topic um, and explaining this I'm attempting to gauge and to discover how men really 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 feel about oral sex so we will get into the whys and the hows and the, all the details. And as uh, so many people and uh, Miss Kevin Stage says, uh, all the things. <laughs> we'll get into those things uh, as uh, my audience and, uh, like I said, as uh, my friends and all those that I've engaged provide input. Um, this is going to be very interesting. I've always been a very inquisitive person, very curious. Um, and I've always been open to learn. Uh, I think that in my previous marriages case, my ex-husband and I may have divorced too soon, but he was mostly so more interested, uh, and so consumed by, uh, his needs and his narrow worldview on, well, if this is not happening, then the whole marriage is over, throw their marriage away. Well, what happened to, um the vows, <laughs> you know, what happened to the vows? What happened to your commitment to those? And the fact that in every marriage, it's not on the day that you have the wedding that the rubber meets the road of your vows. It is the next day and the next day and the next day. And that first big argument and that first big money 
trouble that first that that, that first time that you're challenged with the, the 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 children or the first pregnancy or lack thereof or you know it, it is the time um, we we didn't have many um, we didn't give much time to work out those things I was completely willing uh, but he was not open and he wasn't open because he was already out there getting what he thought he needed from an outside source, which of course, as I briefly shared uh, several minutes back, which calls out divorce. At any rate, uh, thanks a lot, guys. This has been episode two of Little Miss Nobody Knows. And ironically, Little Miss Nobody didn't know much back then, but we're gonna find out more. And because again, I'm an inquisitive person, I'm very eager to learn, and I'm mostly interested in how people feel, how I affect people and how life affects people. Because again, as I shared also, I'm a pastor and the whole of a person is who God seeks to minister to, who God seeks to serve. And so if there is one sliver of the person that's still broken, that has an area of their life that's unaddressed, then God cares. He cares about us, our spirit. He cares about our souls and he cares about our bodies and he cares about our covenants because the how you can make the vows all day. It's like becoming a born again Christian. You can make the Christian, you can make a vow all day, but how you go about keeping it is where God is most concerned because he is the God of relationship. Jesus always talked about God, the father, he is the son. You know, so relationships and the relationship terms, the personages, the father, the son, the husband, the wife, excuse me, and the inner workings between the relationships is what God is most concerned about because that comprises, that is what the whole of a person is comprised of. And so as we further explore this, as we further delve into this, I intend to become more learned. And hopefully you can too as you listen. So again, finally in closing, (laughs) this has been episode two of Little Miss Nobody Knows. And I'm Little Miss Nobody. So take care, guys. Talk to you next time. God bless and bye.